0: Well, my sincerest of apologies to all the Bills Beat listeners out there. If you did stack Nathan Peterman with Jason Kroon and Jeremiah Searles, I apologize. However, if you stacked Nick Mullins with uh, Jason Kroon
1: and even Jeremiah Searles, throw it in there. Hey, not a bad day. You're in business. You're we had one listener who started Nick Mullins on <laughs> our incredible. great advice, and that guy is probably rich. Uh, I can't imagine any other outcome yeah. when you start Nick Mullins. Absolutely not. He went off on Thursday night. I started the Raiders defense. <laughs> His like stack a, was incorrect. Which was not the right move, but I did, Bills fans will appreciate it. In one of my leagues, I was forced to stack Ryan Fitzpatrick, Mike Evans, and Peyton Barber. Oh, hell yeah. And Fitzy threw four touchdowns. Did he so really? Yeah, you got to like that. At least four, last I checked. Um, he was uh, he was getting after it. So we may just have to pivot full time to just <laughs> stack the stack was. podcast. <laughs> the stack cast. Stack cast, here we are, week because nine. after this latest uh, blowout, that, that might be more interesting. might be more entertaining for the folks. Well, I'm just... I mean, we had to kind of help bring a
0: smile to people's faces because, oh my goodness. Like, it, it, it was just another implosion. And Nathan Peterman started the game. You know, you thought maybe there was something a little more there. And hey, you know what? To his credit, he was moving the ball. He finished the game. The, he finished the game. First time he's ever done that. The first... Two interceptions were not on him. I mean, the first one definitely wasn't. The second one, you could kind of make an argument against him,
1: but it still. Was a bad throw, but also a bad bounce and right. situation. Right. Today was a normal bad game. Yeah. A game that... Which is an improvement. A game that you could say, <laughs> you could probably point to a game like this for a lot of quarterbacks across the league, you know playing right now and many, many quarterbacks who have worn a Bills jersey over the last 20 years. So does that mean he played well? No, but he was just normal bad. He looked mm-hmm. like a backup would typically look in a game like this again. And he was actually moving the ball at times, which means it was less of a bad game than the others.
0: Even and they, though were they were able to
1: run 32. the no huddle, which you're not gonna do that with Derek Anderson who just got here a couple weeks ago or Matt Barkley who just got here on Wednesday. Um. Bite your tongue about Matt Barkley not being able to run the no-huddle. He could do the
0: no-huddle in his sleep. Matt Barkley. I would stack Matt Barkley I, with with Wyatt Teller. Fire Wyatt it up. Wyatt
1: Teller was a... I thought he might get some tight end time today when he was active, <laughs> but he did not. He, you know, the sunbathing wonder Wyatt Teller Ooh. did get some snaps today, which... Fun fact, my column hasn't posted yet, but sneak preview. He's getting my game ball on offense. Ooh. Because with how bad they were on offense, I figure one guy who improved enough over the course of the last few weeks that they made him active, if that doesn't earn a game ball on a day like today, then nobody gets the game So it wasn't the four injuries? No, it was <laughs> the fact that he was out there and... He's he's active. Just, he's doing something. Just doing the damn thing. That's that's enough for me. And they put him on the field. If he was just active, standing there sunbathing, mm. you know, as he as he loves to do. You know what I think you should do? I think you should let the Bills beat listeners
0: in on what you call Wyatt Teller. W W. Teller. Yes. Do you know what? does anyone out there know why? Any guesses. In your head, you have literally five seconds before
1: Matthew Fairburn tells us why does he call him WW w. Teller? All right, go ahead. His name is actually William Wyatt Teller. And we asked him, is it, it's William Wyatt. Wyatt's his middle name, right? Yeah. And we asked him why he doesn't go by William. And he said, I don't know. One day I just, you know, it was just, I chose to go by Wyatt. I think William's a family name. I'm thinking of all the possibilities, Willie Teller, you know. Oh, yeah. But W.W. Teller, I think, is a real, has a real mystique to it. I have not had too many conversations with... William Wyatt, but I think I'm going to bring this up to him at some point. Double W is yeah, a nickname, potentially? I My middle initial is W, and I've thought about going by MW, making the switch. Wow. It adds a great mystique. SL Price is one of the greatest sports writers in the country. His name is Scott. Scott Price. Not the same as SL. True. There's some literary effect there. There are some middle name or middle initial, first initial combos that just don't work for that because then you sound like a child. Well, and also... If you're, yeah, like I think I've always thought, you know, like some of those just don't work. Like, like EJ doesn't have a mystique to it because a lot of people go by EJ. JP, same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, people go by that, but like SL is totally out there. Like MW, people don't do that. WW, certainly not. WW
0: so, Teller sounds like a uh, an old
1: um, Wild West Revolutionary War yeah, hero. So, yeah, so he was out there. Doing things, yeah, uh, great guy. And which, by the way, we're
0: six minutes into the podcast and we have now gone to the realm of Wyatt Teller's name. That's that's how poor the Bills went lost. Today. By the way, yeah, they did forty-one to nine. This is their ooh, their fourth time this year losing by twenty or more. The eighth time on Sean McDermott's ledger that it's happened um, where they've lost by twenty or more. It's more stark this year because it's four out of nine. It is now the fifth time out of nine games where they have scored less than 10 points. Um, their scoring average has gone down yet again for the third straight week now. And I believe they've... Have they dipped under 11 points per game? I think they, they might They were already under. They were were at they? Like 10 I thought point it was 11.1. One. My point mistake.
1: I think. I think they were. Just, if not, then I think they got there. Today, they scored their first touchdown, though, in 39 possessions. Tuddies, y'all one touchdown in 40 possessions in the three games post Josh Allen injury so oh, yeah thankfully he is throwing again because yes. I think that is the only hope that anyone has for this season being watchable because that's all you're hoping for at this mm-hmm. point I mean the team is two and seven so you know they're not making a even even if they won every last game they might not get in nine and seven right. doesn't always get you in so at this point, you're just hoping for watchable. And they were watchable under Josh Allen because of Josh Allen. And so maybe that's that's coming. The fact that he threw on Friday and Saturday, yes, I and, think, is big.
0: And just to be clear, um, McDermott did—he didn't say it in the press conference. He was in the one-off, and I think you followed up with, with PR. Um, he threw— on Friday and Saturday, which were scheduled rehabilitation sessions. Yeah, he did not throw
1: in practice. Right, it
0: wasn't during team drills or anything like that. But the fact that he threw on consecutive days is still a great sign for him moving forward, and now they have to figure out where they go from here. I did, ask, for what it's worth, I asked Sean McDermott if he would be ruled out at this point of the Jets game, to which he said, we're going to take it one day at a time. At this point, he is not ruled out. So, the fact that he's not ruling him out now, that's somewhat encouraging but i think the more likely result above all else is they probably sent him out this game they got the bye week right after that home against the jags the week after that and have josh allen go against blake bortles potentially if blake bortles is playing at that point so and yeah, the I, and the duggernaut and nate hackett wild wild nate hackett um, yeah, I think, I think uh, that would probably what the Bills are targeting, even though they won't come out and say it. Yeah,
1: and that would be a sight for sore eyes because this offense has been to no fault, I don't think, of Nathan Peterman or Derek Anderson. I mean, unwatchable. It's not really their fault. Uh, they just aren't good, and there's nobody around them. And so it becomes a tough product to watch. And it wasn't necessarily tremendously better with Josh Allen in there, but it was, there's certainly a lot more to look forward to and wonder about, uh, you know, when he's in the lineup and when he's playing and you can kind of get a feel for what he is and what the future might hold. Right. When you watch this offense now, like we've talked about, there's not a lot of the future there. You're wondering about Zay Jones and Deion Dawkins Maybe you're now wondering about William Wyatt Teller, but other than that, you're somewhat, you know, just kind of, you know, trying to hold down your vomit as you watch a lot of these. Guys. And there's
0: it's it's like there's nothing you can do. It's nothing they can do because, I mean, Kelvin Benjamin continues to look shot out there. Um, Terrell Pryor, what the hell happened there? I mean. Comes out and on Wednesday, strongly says, I can ball. I can ball. And hey, to his credit, love a good good amount of confidence. You and I were both like, yeah, they don't really have a guy like that. You know, you know what you also need to do? Catch the freaking ball
1: when it when it's thrown to you. Well, I think um, he bit off a catch- bit more than he could chew right. when he said, we're going to make Nathan Peterman look good this week. Oof. I was like, Terrell, you might want to have more than one practice with Nathan Peterman before you say that. Not an easy guy to, to, to make look good. To his credit, Peterman, really good practice player. Yeah. So perhaps <laughs> Terrell was just saying, man, he looks good out there. We're going to make him look good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he didn't quite grasp the situation he was walking into. And that's okay because <laughs> it can be hard to grasp from you the do. outside. Yeah. Uh, I think even Bills fans are struggling to grasp exactly what's going on with the defense. But this was just one of those games where... You know, going in, you knew if they were going to win, they were going to need to get the turnovers. They were going to need to knock the ball out and, you know, either get a defensive touchdown or flip the field in some way. And it seems like when Nathan Peterman's in there, it tends to happen to them. It wasn't even Nathan Peterman's fault today. He completed a pass to Jason Kroon. Kroon fumbled. Oh, I know. And, you know, killing the stack. They pick it up and, and go the other way. Early on, people were getting hot and bothered over that stack when. Peterman found Kroom, you know, down the field uh, when should. Charles Clay went right. out. Did anybody notice that Charles Clay was out by the way? No. Probably not. No, only uh, only when uh, only the owners of Jason Kroom and Daily Fantasy who of were course. hoping to rack up the points. The stack squad, but just not uh you know when you have all those factors working against you that second or that that pick six, you know, the ball bounces funny off of Zay's hand. It wasn't a good throw, right. but it was also a bad bounce. That first interception to Pryor, catchable pass, he ends up batting it right to a defender. I know. Some of that's just bad luck. I right. mean, and Peterman has had a lot of bad luck. He's also oh. not a good quarterback. Yes, but a he's lot had, of it has been his fault too. He's had a tremendous amount of bad luck and bad circumstance you know, working against him. So Today was one of those days where, hey, he survived until the end, which I, is a positive sign. I mean, we were talking before the game, and I, was, I said, do we see Matt Barkley today? Is, like, yeah. And that was within the realm of possibility, whether Peterman oh, sure. got hurt or continued to have, you know, had another performance like he's had before. It would have been a pretty drastic move to put Barkley in because he did not seem too comfortable with the offense. But um, I think... The fact that he made it through is a small positive. He threw the ball 49
0: times today through three picks. I believe that would make his interception
1: to attempt to go... It went down. To to go down, yeah. Slightly. Um, Not tremendously because he threw three. Hey. His quarterback A little goes a long way. Went up today, I think. Oh yeah, 45.4 today. Yeah, and it was before that like in the high 30s. So, all in all not great but at least it was it wasn't all on him there was a lot else that went wrong defense didn't it was just one of those games where it got out of hand in a hurry I mean it felt like some of those early season games where you were kind of wondering how it got out of hand so fast like how did they lose to the Ravens so badly but when you turn the football over and can't move the ball on offense and that, you know, that Bears team was making some plays on offense and keeping the ball moving and then taking advantage of the plays on defense. That's going to be the result more often than not.
0: That reminded me. What'd you make of Trubisky today? I, I wasn't uh, enthralled.
1: I saw a couple of good throws down the field. I mean, I didn't expect a lot. I didn't, especially against this Bills defense, I didn't expect sure. him to come out challenging them down the field. I thought he was decent. Um, I have a hard time totally judging a lot of the quarterbacks that come in here because I think it's a hard place to play against this defense. They uh, only ran 45 offensive plays today, the Bears. And, yeah, they they didn't have to do a lot on offense. They were up early. The Bills I thought he made 60. some you know good plays wow. at times. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, like, blown away, not ready to anoint him the next uh, Joe Montana or anything. But he's still in year two. I think, you know, there's— there's some aspect of you look at that Bears team and think that could be the Bills next year if they make the right moves and add Fair. the right pieces. But, you know, I don't think anybody's... Put it this way. I don't think anybody's going to be super pissed off if Josh Allen is playing that type of game next year. Uh, or, well, Brian
0: Dable can get a little bit more creative like Matt Nagy did. Because that's the, the genesis of their offense right there. They, they, they do so much misdirection stuff and it that is what has helped Mitchell trubisky become I guess a little bit more of an effective quarterback because Nagy is setting himself uh setting his quarterback up for situations for success now you gotta say whenever you see trubisky chuck it down the field it's like no shot he was bailed yeah, he out by totally Gaines. different yeah he he was bailed out by Philip Gaines twice in this game. And one of, one of them really didn't matter. I guess the first one really didn't matter either because they were already up. But, but still, that, that, those are huge penalties. And, he, you know, rightfully so. They targeted a bad cornerback in Phillip Gaines. And uh, the ball came nowhere close. But, I mean, they still got a penalty out of it. So, uh, you know, the Bills, I think they could learn a thing or two from Matt Nagy's offense. When they do have, you know, some some weapons, an offensive line perhaps. Maybe a uh, an offensive line that can help their top running back to not have a one yard per carry average over the last three games, as tweeted out by Michael Rodak. This is uh it is it is horrible what is happening on offense. I mean, we just we sit there. Gosh, what were we talking? I, I think there is one time where I'm where I go to Rodak who sits next to me and I'm like, is it Mitch or Mitchell now with Trubisky? And then somehow we bring up, I'm like, well, it would be more interesting if his name was Mitochondria. And then and then he's like, well, is it, I didn't want to get into molecular biology. I'm like, is it molecules if it's biology? And this was five minutes into the game because they are so uninteresting on the offensive side of the ball because we know what is happening every week, week in and week out. They had a chance for double-digit points. And then they tried that uh, two-pointer conversion. Whatever. I mean, hey, go for it. Um, But still, it was, uh, yeah, that, I mean, what can you really, we've said this before, what can you really expect? I mean, before we started recording, I'm just like, well, this is going to sound a lot of the same as what we've said, because it's literally the same thing every week. It's just a different quarterback this time around. Same amount of turnovers. As last week and the week before that. A different quarterback. Hey, they added Terrell Pryor. He didn't have a catch until five minutes to go in the game. I mean, oh, there's just... At least they made something interesting in the fact that, uh, that they started mixing things up on the offensive line, which they have been resistant to doing. Um, but I think this kind of sums it up best, too. I mean, <laughs> Beauvais, um, he, he tweeted out this video, too. He took a video of just a random balloon floating around the stadium, and people were getting really excited as it came closer to them. <laughs> it's like people were almost more excited about that. I was shocked than how they long, were for the offense.
1: I was shocked how long people stuck around. It was still pretty full. There were a in lot the of early Bears fans. Second half, lots of Bears fans. it was a beautiful day. Um, there were probably many, many other things you could have done uh, than. Hang out at this game. But it was a great day for football. I imagine a great day for tailgating. It was an um, epic weather day. Yeah, but like 50 degrees, sunny. Yeah, You could see was, the breath a little bit. It was it great. It was pretty much perfect. Yeah. But the football very much was not. Mm. And, you know, that's the thing. They have the Jaguars, the Lions, the Jets, the Dolphins. Is that the rest of the home games? Do they have another one sprinkled in that I'm No, they've not got four more, of? so you just hit them. Yep. Yeah, so... That's a lot of home games left with only three road s- games. Seven games to play. Yep. So man, I don't know what the attendance is gonna be like when there's not perfect weather days, which there will not be. Um I won't blame anyone if the attendance is not great, but if recent years are any indication, it still will be damn good uh, because you know, people keep showing up for this team. And all in all, I think, you know, I'd probably show up too so long as Allen were under center. And you know what? But, I, th- I th- you know what I think is the
0: biggest punt game: Bills Lions December sixteenth. Yeah, could those be. are going to be two bad teams rolling in here. Second to last home game. That's a woof. And right
1: the there. Dolphins one is. I know people get up for the Dolphins. Yeah, and semi fired up about the Dolphins. And Marone will be here, so that's another kind the of Dolphins. Right after a bye week, Josh really Allen might be back stink. that week. Yeah, yeah the do. Dolphins are and the Jets. But the they won. The Dolphins and the Jets are semi. Uh, in the same unwatchable category. Are the Dolphins
0: the kind of what the Bills were last year?
1: <laughs> Just except, kind of lucking their way to victories, but except they're not quite as good. They're out of Brocktober. Yeah, they're they are not good. They're five and four, but they're five and four. Somehow, so, I mean, the Jaguars sitting at three and five. Yeah, I mean that happened quickly. There's the AFC is one big mess, and you may be saying to yourself that the Bills are wasting a shot at winning but I mean I don't know that that's really the case Mm -hmm. I mean they snuck in last year in a bad year and hindsight shows that it wasn't necessarily you know beneficial long term Um, you know maybe it will be uh, in terms of but they they've even said culture changes so much year over year that I don't know that there's a tremendous amount of carryover uh, from making the playoffs and how much you know a lot of these guys necessarily take from that right. and you certainly you know see that you've got to scramble to get to the top of the draft to get a quarterback because you're sitting in the 20s a lot of byproducts of that but there's gonna be another team just like the Bills you know maybe it is the Dolphins that sneaks in with some nine and seven record because the AFC is all over the place yeah the year.
0: Ravens just went down to four and five they've tumbled after their good start um, the Jags, like you pointed out, are three and five. The uh, the Jets are what three and six. They've lost their last three, um, or three five and one, something along those lines. The Sealers are just okay. The Bengals are just okay. Uh, the Texans are now six and three. I mean, they were they were struggling a little bit. They played the Bills. I don't think they've lost since. Um, the Colts are three and five. They're in the mix. Uh, the Chiefs are really good. The Patriots are really good. That's really all we got right now. The Broncos stink. They lost again. They're three and six. The Chargers are fairly good. So the
1: the Chargers, Chiefs, and Patriots are probably the class of the AFC. You're probably right now. looking at Chargers, Patriots, Chiefs, Steelers, Steelers. Yeah. And somebody then- from the South. Probably because, Texans. you know, the Texans, and the Texans are a good team. Uh, and then it's going to be a grab-bag team. Yeah, some slapdick team will and, be, you know, finding their way into You dropped the, <laughs> the SD, huh?
0: I've been waiting to see how long it would take for you to drop the SD yeah, on I the podcast. I guess it's
1: semi-inappropriate uh, semi for the youngsters out there, but... Uh, That's all right. It's more appropriate than what Tim, what Tim Graham said a couple weeks true. ago. True. So, we, he, he, as always, raised the bar, so, oh. you know... Or lowered it, and now it's a challenge to crawl beneath it. And I I will accept that challenge. Oh, boy. Um, Defensively, they put up 41
0: points today, but it's almost as though it wasn't even a fair fight for the defense. Because how many plays did I say they had? Like 45 total? The Bears had 45 offensive plays. And while, yeah, they, they ripped off... I think the the touchdown run by Jordan Howard, his second one was an 18 yarder. I mean, that wasn't a great look. Um, minus the two huge Philip Gaines penalties, or really the, the the first one, I didn't see a whole lot of of bad from the defense. I think they were just put in crappy situations time
1: after time. And well, take away but, the two defensive touchdowns, and you're down story. to what 27. Yeah. And then you know some of those were on short fields. Two of them. Were, you know so mm-hmm. take away, I mean, you obviously can't take away every point, but they're not going to stand take up. It away. on short fields, you know every time. So they weren't the Bears weren't driving down the field on them with any sort of consistency. It
0: was zero0 after the first quarter. Yeah.
1: I mean <laughs> the the defense was playing, I thought pretty well down Tremaine Edmonds. Um, that second cornerback spot, it does appear to be a pretty big, uh, problem just given that, you know, uh, Phillip Gaines, whoever they put over there seems to, you know, reason they could find a guy in the middle rounds or something, maybe a a free agent to plug that gap. Again, they weren't expecting Vontae Davis to A, suck and B, retire at halftime, so Mm -hmm. not and it's hard to even say that he totally sucked other than the fact – I mean, he didn't play. He actually had a good, pretty good half before he retired, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of weird. But that's they've had some weird things happen where holes have opened up. I feel like that's one on the defense that some teams have been able to exploit better than others. Uh, sometimes scheme helps them out there. Sometimes the pass rush helps them out there. But they're playing a little you know, undermanned on that side of the ball, and I feel like they're still – that's the defense is on the right track, and that's uh, a positive for this group. Considering yeah. they've, you know, it would be easy for them to fall apart, and you look at forty-one points and think that they did, but I, I don't think that's the case. No. And Trey White got a well-deserved interception. He's been playing well, but you know, obviously, it doesn't show up in interceptions because people don't throw at him. So um, I like
0: what they did today in terms of defensive looks for for Trubisky. I know it ended up where they got beat a couple of times. I think Julian Stanford got picked on in um, in coverage one significant time. Philip Gaines, they attacked him, and they forced him into those, those two penalties we've been talking about. But the fact that Trey White didn't have to shadow somebody, it gave them just so much more flexibility in, in covering, and maybe even hiding some of their, their weaker assets in coverage. Uh, because if they could... Focus mainly in in a zone type of scheme uh, instead of having uh, instead of having uh, Tre'Davious White cover man and the rest of the guys or most of the rest of the guys play zone. I think this is a it, it was it was a good defensive game plan, but you know it just it unraveled because how how could you really do much of anything when you are constantly Uh, having your back to the end zone i mean the average drive start for the bears today the 44 their own 44 yard line that is ridiculous and it's not the first time that the bills opponents drive start have been on their own 40s somewhere
1: that is totally on turnovers and totally i think that was somewhat the case in the Ravens and special teams too yes yeah, there was a huge return on special teams and a shanked and so punt. It's like, you're not. Win- yeah, that punt was bad. Yeah. That was a really bad. He punt. had a good game other than that, but yeah, oof. that was a really bad punt. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's hard to put too much on the defense. And it, it, 190 net yards. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Trubisky only threw for like a buck 35. Three of 11 on third downs. The Bears were. So it's weird. It's the weird part about this season is so much goes wrong on offense that you know. 41 to nine makes it look so ugly, but it really, you know, for the defense in particular, wasn't as bad as it looked on offense. It's about as bad as it looks, but, but not the worst that it's looked. No. And I, so that's something I tend to, I don't know. Part of me, I, I can understand the frustration on that side of the ball, but there's a lot, there's a big part of me too, that You know, I think you know people want Brian Dable fired, or people want people want somebody fired. They want you know heads to roll, and how could the offense look like this? And you know, all things of that nature. But how? I I pose the question: How could it not look like this when they're down to Nathan Peterman? Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, or Derek Anderson. Or Derek Anderson. I I mean, nobody wants that. You know, there's no way Sean McDermott wants Derrick Anderson on the field. Maybe he—you can make the argument he wants Nathan Peterman on the field. I'm not really sure what all that's about. But no backup quarterback that they signed at—this wouldn't be better if they had A.J. McCarron. Right. You know, you can make the argument, why did they trade him, blah, blah, blah. They should have signed Derrick Anderson then. You're probably right, but at the same time, the offense would still look like this.
0: Yeah, and— has everyone suddenly gotten amnesia for the first three quarters of the fourth preseason game where A.J. McCarron was horrible against third stringers?
1: Right, it wouldn't be It's not as though he's incredible. This is a quarterback problem, or even but, you know, and we've talked about how they've mismanaged the quarterback position. Mm-hmm. But I think where people kind of miss on that um, that take is that they didn't mismanage it by trading away AJ McCarron. No, I think they miss. And Brandon Bean has admitted that he should have gotten a veteran in earlier. I think that was one misstep, and I think the other one is probably just you know having a little bit more of a plan in terms of when he goes in and having right, right. I, he being I, Josh Allen. And I harp on this perhaps to a fault, but. Having a bit more of a plan in terms of quarterbacks coach on on the roster and David you know, Culley streak lives and, on and uh, a, you know somebody of that specialty, but none of that would drastically like the fact that this offense sucks so bad right now is, in due in large part to the fact that Josh Allen hurt his elbow mm-hmm. against the Texans. Were they good when Josh Allen was in there? No, but he wasn't turning the ball over he was, quite as much which is kind of remarkable <laughs> yeah. because Sam Darnold is turning the ball over a lot which yeah. doesn't mean he's bad i mean rookie quarterbacks go through things and uh you know it's not to bury Sam Darnold but not turning the ball over uh you know is a virtue and what he's doing with his legs was a virtue and a big bonus for this offense so the offense was still bad when he was in there but they were capable of, you know, taking on a bad defense and moving the football a little bit. And look, when you when you are bummed out that Derek Anderson can't clear concussion protocol in time, you've run into some fairly bad luck. Now, some people are going to point to the 49ers being down to their third-string quarterback on Thursday night football and We've been telling you about Nick Mullins for weeks. Oh, you know, yeah. the, just the rare talent that he has. So that it's a tough comparison to make. I believe but, the
0: first mention was when you were going through the DraftKings uh, uh, lineup. and, and, and I believe saying, we said, who the hell is you this said, guy?
1: You said Mullins and Mullins? Stack them! <laughs> I think I correctly guessed his first name. Nick, but, yes. um But in that situation, what is good about that situation for the 49ers is Kyle Shanahan is a great teacher of that position and that guy had been in their system and so you know he didn't have to play but he had been on the practice squad in 2017 learned the offense and so when he's forced into action it's slightly different peterman obviously would sort of be in the same thing but he's in his second new offense and he had the scarring experience of last season whereas this guy didn't and he's not also, it might help if the Raiders came to town, mm-hmm. you know, instead of you know the Bears, who are a good defense, one of the most opportunistic defenses in the NFL. They've beat up on some other teams, not just the Bills. So, yeah, the offense is is bad any way you slice it. But I might have had the Bills of last year take wrong. The Bears
0: might be the Bills of last year because they super opportunistic, good front seven. Um, a quarterback meh, but they, they've got other playmakers, not really any playmakers worth talking
1: about. So yeah,
0: they, they might be that, but go on. I'm yeah. Sorry. They, they
1: have a lot of those qualities. And so they've run into some good teams and they, they, again, they have an offense that they knew wasn't good. An offensive line that's full of, you know, replaceable, very replaceable players and, no real weapons. I mean, when you bring in Terrell Pryor and expect him to contribute the way that they did this week, again, when you're asking guys to contribute on short notice the way they've had to, that's how you know you're, you're in a pretty rough spot on that side of the ball. And some of that has been rotten luck. Some of it has been poor planning. Um, but none of it's changing. And, so, and none of it was totally unexpected. I think in training camp, we often talked about how bad the offense looked. And, you know, this is what you're seeing. It's a a year where they're going to take their lumps. And I think... And they knew it. And they They knew knew it. They knew it going in. I mean,
0: Brandon Bean, before the game last week, said, Listen, with all that dead money, we knew we were going to take our lumps somewhere. And I think he's pointing to the offensive side of the ball because they were not able. And some of that is their fault because they didn't have to give Starla lay all that money. They didn't have to give Trent Murphy all that money. They could have gotten one and not the other and then gotten someone on the offensive side of the ball, but they chose not to. They chose to build their defense first, so so that way, once Josh Allen had developed a year, they could surround him with the talent rather than investing in it and waiting a year or wasting a year of, uh, of that person's or, or, or of that player's contract or what what have you, his prime, Uh, on a developing quarterback. So I I, I understand their logic to a certain degree.
1: But they also made a run at uh, John Brown, I believe, was the receiver they made a run at. They made a run at, they offered veteran receivers in free agency, and guys turned them down because the only quarterback on the roster when free agency opened was Nathan Peterman. Mm -hmm. And then A.J. McCarron shortly thereafter. But, you know, what agent is sending their receiver into that situation so some of that was out of their control Uh, Richie Incognito going off the deep end in April wasn't a uh, wasn't great timing and and then you know you're so focused on I mean Eric what happened in January so you know but also you know that's more dead cap and something that you thought you had. You thought you had a, a center on your offensive line. And for, make
0: no mistake, Russell Bodine slash Ryan Groy have been a humongous weakness this year. I would say probably the biggest. Two of on their the worst two line. of
1: the worst graded players on the entire roster for me. Yeah, I, I think Russell Bodine has been at fault often when you go back and look at some of the miscommunication. And the thing and of it is Groy was worse. Yeah, he wasn't good either. <laughs> and so Eric Wood They, I mean, if Eric Wood didn't have that injury, that strikes me as a guy who would have been playing forever. Yeah. I mean, you know, just loved the game, and that's what made it hard to see him have to call it quits early. But, you know, some of yeah, a lot of this was just they, and and here's the thing too, they, they didn't give up their first round pick, Mm -hmm. and they weren't going to do it like under any circumstance to go up and get a quarterback. They would sooner, and that tells you, I think, all you need to know is that they knew this was coming, and when you build it the way they're building it, look at the 2015 and 2016 drafts. There's nobody left. You can say some of that's the fault of their own. Ronald Darby is probably the only guy you can point to where you're like, that guy's an NFL player that could be helping them on a cheap contract. Right. Other than that, I think you look at the rest of the guys they got rid of, you know, There's not a whole lot there where you say, you know, those drafts would be helping them. Teams that are successful in the NFL, by and large, you need a core group of contributors that are cheap on that rookie contract. And those third and fourth year guys, that's when they're kind of coming into their own. They've got none of those. Right. And not to totally belabor the point that we've
0: made on previous podcasts, but the decision to walk away from Sammy Watkins' uh, fifth year was really
1: a mistake. And they would have him here right now. Yeah, just from an asset standpoint. Yeah. The leveraging standpoint of saying... From an asset standpoint. you probably from, get more for him in a trade if somebody
0: has that option. And making um, having him out there just as an actual legitimate target as opposed to Zay Jones slash Kelvin Benjamin and now having to hobble through with Terrell Pryor for the last nine games... And I, and I don't want to stick too long on that point, but that, that was a mismanaged situation that was beyond Bean's control because he didn't do it. And we made that point tons of times, so I don't want to get, get too far down to that. But, I mean, the Bills knew that this was coming. Maybe not to this degree. They also probably didn't know that Peterman would have stunk that bad. And that's also on them for not knowing um, or having their evaluation right on a guy that they ended up trusting. But they also didn't expect uh, Josh Allen to get his elbow sprained like that. I guess you should prepare for things like that. But you don't go into a season and be like, Well, got a rookie quarterback. Might as well get get someone great
1: at behind him just in case. I mean... That's, well, that's not how
0: teams in their
1: situation. you prefer to have a veteran at least yeah, to say, hey, we totally. have a guy for him to lean on and somebody to fall back on if he gets hurt. But I think you know, especially when your offense is built the way it is and you know you're taking your lumps, that if this guy gets hurt, we're kind of screwed. And that's obviously what's happened here. But I don't know. You go through it. Sam Bradford just got cut. You know That was an option where you know, in terms of what they actually could have done, you know, in an alternate reality. Sam Bradford stunk and got paid way too much money. Case Keenum got paid too much money and the Broncos are three and six. He hasn't been very good. Uh, The one guy that we bring up a lot, Teddy Bridgewater, I think would have been maybe the only option. But again, not a guy that's durable and evidently was not allowing teams to uh, give him a physical before they signed, which I think is what drove down his price so much. Mm-hmm. And so you factor in all that and you say, well, who else could they have signed? They weren't in the Kirk Cousins sweepstakes, and Kirk Cousins wouldn't even be saving this offense. So it's like Josh McCown was going to stay in New York. I'll, I'll th- tell you who
0: would have been... I, go ahead, I'm sorry. I'll,
1: well, I think we all know who they should have went out and got, and that's Blaine Gabbert, but, you know, it's it's far too late. It's just far too late, and, you know... So, if you want to skewer them for that, skewer away. But other than that, you go through, you just go through and you say, who could they have gotten? Outside of Sunshine Blaine Gabbard, I just don't know exactly. You hit us with a sunshine. Uh, He does look like sunshine. I mean, a little. Kind of like Matt Barkley, too. They've got that same uh, Uh, terrible quarterback blonde hair thing going on. Uh, Man, you just totally derailed me there. To the point, the point being, you know. It's easy to sit up here and say, "Well, Derek Anderson's playing." They really, uh, they really screwed the pooch on this one. But it's like, yeah, they, but you know, give me an, a you know the alternative reality that's that much better because, like we said, AJ McCarron—they're still two and seven, I think, if AJ McCarron's a quarterback. Probably, you know, uh, um, like I, you know, the one guy that would have been perfect for this situation. But he he ended up
0: not becoming available because of that whole Jameis suspension. Fitz, and he would have loved to be back here too. He he loves Buffalo, loves his time here, and it's funny. But yeah, he wasn't
1: quite available. I don't think he ever right, really truly hit right Williams. because they
0: re-signed him right before it all it all uh, happened, and so they or you know before the Bills really knew what they were doing with Tyrod, and that that window was gone. Um, so, but he, I mean. That is a situation where it's far enough removed, and I mean, good guy to learn from, good guy that's willing to teach a young player. So that, that was all there, but you know, obviously that situation didn't come past. So that that's part of the off season too, because some guys that maybe you playing for uh, in those situations, like like that one, um, maybe it doesn't happen. So uh, side note, the ter- the turn of phrase "screwed the pooch." That's a weird turn of phrase. It
1: is. It's disgusting. It, yeah, and I'm quite frankly appalled by you. Well, like I said, Tim set the bar, and I'm cha- now challenged to crawl beneath it.
0: I don't want to know the history of it. I just, I just want to say
1: that 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 is grotesque. It is. It's not. It's look. I'm not proud of it, but it's it had to be done. Downright bestial. It's, and I'm not saying a streak has started, but a streak starts at one. So that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Let's hand out some awards, (laughs) shall we? Um, All right. So
0: let's start with the Dree Archer Award, which you have this week. I have the Vontae Davis Award. Um, Fairburn will do his research right now. And I'll do my research while Vontae Davis is – or while Fairburn is talking. So
1: this is a a situation where we're helping each other. It's – a weird... Uh, I'm going to give the Dre Archer to LaShawn McCoy. Ooh. Um, not only did he have 10 carries for 10 yards, he did add four catches for 19 yards. So that makes 23 yards on 21 carries in the last two games. Mm-hmm. But not only that, but all week he didn't want to talk, and then after the game, he ducked out and declined to talk as well, which is against the rules, and I don't, re- I don't necessarily care all that much, but I think it's somewhat weak for the cap- a captain of this football team to, you know, just kind of, A, I mean, here's the thing. The best runs over the course of the last month have come from Chris Ivory, mm-hmm. who's hurt in this game. Um, hurt his shoulder and probably going to be out for a while. So. Yeah, uh, uh, Ian
0: Rappaport um, tweeted out that Ivory was at the Erie County Medical Center uh, getting his shoulder checked out. So, not great. He grabbed his shoulder area immediately after going down after that goal line attempt. Go on.
1: The leading rusher in this game was Nathan Peterman. Uh, with 46 yards on eight attempts and the tutty, but mm. yeah, I just again I'm not gonna sit here and play the the grouchy media card of Lashawn McCoy needs you know owes people answers, but I just think when you're a captain, you know, letting the other guys like Kelvin Benjamin and Terrell Pryor and Nathan Peterman have to answer for the struggles on offense. Peterman talked week. for a
0: combined 25 minutes
1: in two appearances today or this week. Yeah. He talked for a long time on Wednesday. If there was one guy who wanted to duck us and I would understand it would be Nathan Peterman because I wouldn't want to talk if I were him either, but he does. And it doesn't make him a, you know, some sort of hero. And just like, it does, I don't think it makes anybody a bad person to not talk. I just think it's, you know, you know, the trait there's a lot of newsworthy things happening around LaShawn McCoy. And, mm-hmm. you know, he is a captain of the football team. And he's going to be here, uh, you know, for at least through this season and possibly beyond. I mean, they Brandon being committed to him. But, you know, we'll see what happens with that down the line. I just think kind of fitting of the Dre Archer Award to just disappear on and off the field. And you know what? We're gonna have a Bills
0: beat first today. LaShawn McCoy is going to also receive the Vontae Davis Award because he was barely on the field in that second half, and he did sort of, kind of get benched. Yeah, in the even, the even though Sean McDermott said no,
1: it was it wasn't a benching. No,
0: no, 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 everything's fine. It's not a benching. It's
1: There's kind of, never. It, it was kind of a benching. There were some scheme things going on, but <laughs> there are no, there is no discipline. Everything's fine. Everybody knows it. <laughs> but Everybody's yeah. Everybody's like, saying it. Lashawn did nothing in the second half.
0: And he didn't do anything in the first half either, but at least he was playing some more than he was in the second half. So yes, Lashawn McCoy, a worthy uh, awardee of both awards. I don't know. Award- yeah.
1: Are you okay with this? I'm into it. I kind of broke the mold here, but I I feel like it's it's worth it. I think it's deserved. I think he's having a horrendous season. I think a lot of it is not his own doing, but I think some of it probably is. And
0: they could have traded that guy. What are
1: they thinking? For what? I don't know. Who cares? It's probably the problem. Who cares? I would have gotten rid of him on the sole reason that I don't know that he's, you know, there's too much going on with him. Yep. And being able to get rid of him would have been probably a, a small bonus, but... Maybe during the second half of the season, he'll, you know, step up while Josh Allen's back and it'll be a nice thing to have uh, for Josh Allen. Did you just
0: burp mid-take?
1: I did burp (laughs) mid-take. I don't know if the listeners could hear it, if they could. Oh, they could. Because I wear the headphones
0: (laughs) and you don't, so it was definitely audible.
1: Well, yeah, I did. You're disgusting. Excuse me. How dare you. What can you do? All All right. right. Well, come on, Darlene time. A lot of. uh, I've just put myself right in the line of fire. (laughs) If if you want, actually.
0: Um, Come on, Darlene. Oh, there's a few ideas that I have rolling in my head here. I'm interested to know if you're going to take the one that I'm also thinking of. We discussed it post game.
1: Oh, I'm not going to take that. Okay.
0: Well, mm, my come on, Darlene, I believe, will go to Darlene herself. Fitting. Here's why. She has been nowhere. Nowhere. At long last, way after the game, I got to shut up, Joe, which I felt like we were back a little bit, but... She has not been anywhere during any game and got a little concerned after a while. So, come on, Darlene, to Darlene for not
1: tweeting out that we're giving away game plans. Crap. Maybe she's the wise one, much like clocking the draft. Maybe. Who, it was catching lobsters and building furniture while listening to the game on the radio, multitasking and doing so while not enduring. A performance such as that, well, perhaps maybe. Darlene is just on a higher level. Maybe, but she
0: this is also the namesake award. So come on, Darlene, yeah, Darlene, you, you
1: could she could be the Dree Archer Ooh. with what you are describing. Wow, now that we're we're humming, but we're, I feel like Darlene being in the Come On, Darlene bracket is fitting. Is that's going to make her dangerous? I think <laughs> I think she's going to be a sleeper. <laughs> I am giving the Come On, Darlene this week. To myself. Just now? (laughs) Not for just now. Because we've been talking about Nick Mullins for weeks.
0: Oh, no. I've been, you
1: know, talking about his talents and how great of a stack he would be. And then, like a goddamn coward, on Thursday, as I drove over to the stadium, I picked up the Raiders defense. When I got to work, I was like, Nick Mullins is playing. I'm picking up the Raiders' defense. And Fire it up. I am going to be cooking with gas. I'm going to get off to a night. You always like to have that nice cushion after a Thursday night game. How is that cushion? And Thursday night games always produce weird stuff. Deshaun Watson had five touchdowns. I mean, big scores. One of the defenses always seems to have a big game, and one of the quarterbacks always seems to have a big game. I— I— and you know what? I say this in all honesty. I sat down before the game to watch, which was probably my first mistake. Yes. And because I had the Raiders defense. And I thought to myself, you know, they're talking about Nick Mullins. They're talking about, um, you know, him being in the offense. They're talking about what George Kittle's been saying about him. And I got this feeling. I'm like, this kid, this kid's going to do some things. And I'm going to regret it. St- having anything to do with John Gruden. Mm. And man, did i they went for negative. There you go. That's quite the cushion. And you got to stick to your guns in in this world. And I did not, some of you out there had the testicular fortitude to go with Nick Mullins and or
0: Nathan Peterman.
1: I let you all down. And so come on, Darlene to me. Wow. I take that one on me, Put put this one on me. Wow. Wow. I've what? just got to get back. What a moment! And what a moment for this podcast. I've got to review what I I've I've got to start with myself, and you know, (laughs) review my process and what I've done, and come out next week and just work really hard and you know, try to get this thing right.
0: Let us also review that this was a day we might never forget in the award section because. One player received both the Dree Archer and Vonte Davis Award. We administered a come on Darlene to our one of ourselves,
1: and Darlene got a come on Darlene. This is which perhaps all world I mean stuff I'm here. not saying, but just throwing it out there, perhaps I have an ulterior motive. Maybe I just want to join the bracket at the same time as Darlene on this historical day. Wow. Well... Who's to say, really? It, I mean...
0: You know what? It all depends on the draw, because you might draw Darlene week one. Then I'm going to be in trouble. Yeah. For big time. Darlene is a serious con- contender, uh, along with Upper,
1: Duke, upper Deck Man Boob Guy. Upper Deck Man Boob Guy, he's up there. He's up there, but no one experienced it except for us. No one knows what we're talking about. They don't have that visual element. It's a long season. <laughs> there are four home games left oh, at yeah. the new... So there's a lot of weird stuff that could happen. We go down to Miami. I mean, you know, weird things can happen. Is mm-hmm. is all I'm saying. There's there's a long time left, and let's not forget. I believe it was at Gillette Stadium when a woman who may or may not have been Rodak's mom was making out on the kiss cam. So, oh I mean, we can't confirm, right? We can't, but
0: we certainly we cannot ca- deny. We can't it.
1: deny. You can't prove a negative in this world. I guess that's right. So I, that's totally right. Somebody would have to definitively prove that it wasn't her. It's indisputable, really. So maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. Who's who's really to say? So Except for Rodak's mom. It's right. And who are we to believe her? <laughs> if even if it were her, would she say? Of course not. <laughs> Why would she? So it's it's yeah. Lots can happen here in the second half of the season, but would I, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't honored to be jumping on the bracket the same week well, as Darlene?
0: Well, uh, the come on, Darlene, that fell just short for both of us was they they serve chicken fingers, pizza uh, in the press box after the game, just because a lot of us are here late, and you know just uh, because a lot of us have won't, won't have eaten since you know around one thirty, two o'clock, two thirty maybe even uh, for halftime. So they just leave it there. Let which it let big, it cook. Uh,
1: which is it's big cuz not all teams do post game. No.
0: And it's 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 And great. It's actually the time of day that you need the food the most. Brian. And and we really appreciate it. Um but However. But there were condiments with the chicken fingers and the pizza, most notably with the chicken fingers. There were two. One of them was hot sauce, which great. Great job. That away. The other one in buffalo ranch and there's usually blue cheese usually but blue cheese nowhere in the
1: vicinity maybe the it's out fingers. there perhaps no it's not it could be, it well i'm no. saying maybe in the time we've recorded they've realized the error of their ways or perhaps it was all out maybe Rodak ate it all i would not put that <laughs> past him that crooked man it, it could have been him
0: you can't he's not doing anything else you never know but to whoever the culprit it's a, it's a mild come on, Darlene. Yeah. So we, we couldn't go all the way there. So Darlene and Fairburner, uh two worthy contenders. We're in. Okay. So nine games through, the Bills are 2-7. and seven. Oh, by the way, um, I haven't calculated the late games just yet, but uh, before those late games, the Bills had the third overall draft pick. So what of it? It could be, could be fourth by the end of the night because the Niners have the same record and they're pretty close in uh, opponent strength of schedule. That's a pretty good pick. Third is really good, and I'm not sold that they win more than four. Not sold at all. I I think I think four and twelve might be where they settle in on. I think it could be worse. Uh, maybe three and thirteen. Who knows? Who really knows? But uh, it's not uh, it's not out of the realm of possibilities that they only win one or two more. In fact, I think that would be a favored thing. Um, especially seeing as how how poorly they have played. And if they lose this one to the Jets, which, you know,
1: if Josh Allen doesn't start, odds are they have a pretty good shot at it. Although Sam Darnold has not been what most would consider good in the last few weeks. But they're probably still going to lose. Derek Anderson. Slash Nathan Peterman. Nathan Peterman. Slash Matt Barkley. If Barkley's still here, stack them. Or it's not... Outside of the range of outcomes for Blaine Gabbard to get cut and jump on board, learn this offense, and get out there and sling the Duke. Would the, what would happen? Could you imagine if they actually got him somehow? like I, Just by some happenstance, he becomes a Buffalo Bill? We would
0: have to have him on the podcast.
1: My understanding is he's not a super friendly guy. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying he wouldn't do the podcast? So I'm, he Probably wouldn't be entertained, is my point, by the fact that he's a running uh, gag of sorts.
0: How dare you say he's
1: a gag? (laughs) It is
0: very serious, the streak that we're creating. Do you think we could get the Titans to have him come on the podcast?
1: I honestly do not think so. And the reason I say so is because when that video came out of um, Blaine is a Real American, set to the tune of... I am a real American. Have you seen this video? I have seen this video. Um, when you when that video came out, Blaine was super testy about it. Really? Like, I remember reporters saying that he did not find it funny, and he was not amused. And so, <laughs> my, under, my guess is maybe he's lightened up a little bit. You know, there was a lot of pressure in Jacksonville. He was a first-round pick. Um, so... Maybe he's, you know, in his old age, a little bit, you know, has a better sense of humor. I don't know. My understanding, you know, from, you know, people who knew him at Mizzou, like, he just wasn't, you know, I'm sure to his to his friends and everything, he's, you know, perfectly fine to hang out Sunshine, with. Sunshine. Yeah. I just don't think he's, uh, I don't think he would be amused. I don't think he'd, like, it wouldn't be like if, you know, Fitz were a running, running gag and, you know, could have some fun with it. I'd... I, I don't think Blaine Gabbert would be amused. I
0: think Fitz would have a lot of fun on this podcast.
1: I'm sure he would. Yeah. But Blaine... We might need to make that happen, actually. Blaine, not so much. But hey, maybe maybe he would have some fun. I mean, who wouldn't have fun Remind me to podcast? Remind me to do that in the off season. Try and get Fitz on the podcast, because he, he might actually be pretty fun with it. I'll try to get Blaine. Good luck. I'm going to start referring to him on a first-name basis. Sunshine? Sunshine Blaine. mm so okay. I, I that's your your homework, Bills Beat listeners. Go watch Blaine is a Real American. And I <laughs> guaranteed to cheer you up it's, uh, it's, on this Sunday night slash Monday morning. It is a humdinger. And if you're listening to this on your ride to work, then play it for your coworkers. It's a great way to start the week. <laughs> Incredible vocals. Great way to stay in shape, really. So Man. definitely definitely do that.
0: Well, on that note, um, this has been kind of an absurd podcast, but hey, what did you really expect? I think you guys needed this. You guys and gals certainly needed this after whatever that mess was out on the field for the uh, fourth straight week. Four-game losing streak. The Bills are now 2-7. and seven. Uh, They have the New York Jets on the road coming up in, uh, in East Rutherford, New Jersey at MetLife Stadium, and uh, that is where we will talk to you next week but in the interim we will talk to you on Thursday of the coming week to see where Josh Allen um, has uh, or how much Josh Allen has thrown if he has a chance to play at all on Sunday and uh, and maybe that is what Bills fans kind of hold on to so we will talk to you on Thursday for Matthew Fairburn of The Athletic my name is Joe Piscaglia thank you all for listening to this historic episode of the Bills because of the awards section. And we'll talk to you on Thursday.